You're listening to Getting Pink and Green. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Laura, and we like talking about health, wellness, and eco-friendliness in a fun and approachable way. This week on the podcast, it's the Veg Episode 2.0. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Getting Pink and Green. Hello, Laura. Hello, Stephanie. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Good, good, good. Um, I'm really... I was going to say I'm excited to do this episode, but in a way I'm not. I'm nervous to do this episode. Me too. Not as nervous... Oh, I was going to say not as nervous as our first veg episode. But still nervous. One of the things that Laura and I were talking about before we started recording was... um, when we when you put things out online, um, and especially I think when you have a health and wellness podcast, <laughs> or when you are like me and you have a blog where you write down every thought that you've ever had since you were like 17, um, you start to feel this sense of like imposter syndrome or like you have to back up everything that you do and you have to stick with everything that you do and it's harder to it's harder to give yourself wiggle room to just adjust and, and um, adapt and evolve over time and have time to go like backtrack on what you said and then go back to it and all of those things. It, it, you can start to feel like a hypocrite and it makes me nervous to talk about this on the show. So I just want to put that up front that it's not, we're not, we're not only going to be talking about me and my choices, but um, that I just want to be frank with everyone and with Laura that, um, yeah, it's something that is a little bit uncomfortable sometimes to have everything just out there, you know? Yeah. It's funny. I was listening to our first veg episode um, the other day. because <laughs> Spoiler, I still... we listen to our own podcast. <laughs> well, okay. So for this one, it's like I know because um, we have a lot of great resources in that episode for people mm. who are learning, who want to learn more about eating meat uh, or not eating meat or being vegan versus vegetarian versus pescatarian. And so I've actually, over the years, I've been referring people to that episode. And I was like, I should listen to it again, because maybe, <laughs> I, maybe I said things in the episode that I don't agree with now. And it was really funny, I guess, just listening to my own apprehension where you're like, how would you describe your diet? And I'm like, um, I guess maybe I'm a vegan. <laughs> and um, even like throughout the episode, like I don't mention animal welfare once. Like it's more like you, you talk about it and I'm more about like the environment and nutrition and stuff. Right. Um, whereas like now I find animal welfare is such an important factor in me re- remaining vegan. Right. So it's just funny like how even in like probably it was like only like 30 episodes ago, yeah. But um but my but my response would change had you asked me the same question today. So uh I think that this is an important episode where I think we're just doing like a kind of not a truth or dare, but like a <laughs> let's just ask each other questions and try to come at this with a place from a place of like honesty but also imperfection. Yeah. I think it's like a truth or truth or truth. <laughs> I was telling Laura, I was like, I just want to ask you all the questions that I think about, but then never ask. Um, and we're so open with each other, so it's funny. But I think that this subject, it's worth mentioning 
that this subject is like a really touchy one for everyone. Um, I think that it's, so, I mean, we know this when we talk to people who do eat meat um, and then all the different factors of people who, like you said, maybe don't eat one kind of meat or don't eat um, or just eat fish or whatever. Um, what people eat is such a personal, personal thing. And because it's like day in and day out, what are you going to make yourself for dinner? And what are you buying at the grocery store? And it's all of these little, really personal decisions. Um, and so I think it can be really hard to talk about sometimes. Um, it's a tricky subject. We want to make it clear that if you're listening to this episode, um, we're going to try and break down some of the <laughs> um, judgment that might come up um, for people when you talk about this kind of stuff. And we're going to try and just talk about it in as real a way as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. So wherever you're coming from, trust me, I, I am not judging you. Um, I'm not either. Yeah, we're doing, we're all doing the best we can. <laughs> so um, anyway, so let's get to it, I guess. I'm a little curious. You said you had like these questions for me and uh, we haven't done like any prep for this episode. Mm-hmm. So full disclosure, I don't even know what what Steph is planning on asking, Yeah, but I'm curious, so I'd love to just jump right into it. Yeah, I guess one of my questions, so Laura's been a vegan now for several years, um, at least since your last year of university, so what has that been now? Almost two years, which is crazy. Um, I've been vegan for over two years now. Right. Yeah, it was two years as of August, so it's been like two and a half years. And have you ever had a lapse? Um, not that I can think of, actually. I'm, I mean, when I was first transitioning, I guess there were a couple of, like, growing pains where, like, I went to a restaurant and ordered. This was, like, while I was still transitioning, I wasn't even calling myself a vegan yet, although I was trying to move towards it. And, like, ordering a pad thai and totally forgetting, even though I said a veggie pad thai, that that comes with eggs and just being like, okay, I have to eat this now. Um, but no, I don't... to. To my memory, I have not. Is it ever hard for you? Okay, so that's... Um, eating vegan is not difficult. That's like my... Or at least it's not difficult for me. And I think when it comes to food, I, I do have a lot of like... I, I wouldn't even call it willpower. I think it's just I just don't have a desire to eat something that... Um, I don't necessarily agree with. So even in terms of like temptation, that's not something that I find difficult. Um, I guess what I do find difficult is I never want to be the difficult to please person. I don't want to fall into the stereotype that exists already for vegans. Um, like even if you think of like I have this complaint where like if you think about like TV shows and movies and stuff, the vegetarian is never like the cool main character. No. <laughs> it's always like the quirky it's like it's the Phoebe, right? Yeah, it's the weirdo. <laughs> and, um, it's yeah, like it's it's always like the weirdo and and uh people whether or not um they mean to a lot of them like they portray that stance as kind of extreme. Yeah. Um and that's, I mean, that's just vegetarians, like, that's not even vegans, like, um, so I think what I find difficult is 
is is being like very chill like or I and not that I'm not chill but I I if I request like oh can we go somewhere with a vegan option like to me I'm just like oh you're being so difficult but like um and and that's I think what I find hard sometimes is like the social implications when I'm dining out with uh with non-vegans mm-hmm. yeah I totally get that I I feel the same pressures and even just being a vegetarian um sometimes when everybody has a place that they want to go to I mean we can talk about this in more depth but especially in Korea there are a lot of restaurants that specialize in kind of one type of food and um like two of the really big ones that people always want to do are like Korean barbecue and um it's called duck galbi, which is not duck. It's it's like a chicken dish. Um, the chicken's not even a big part of it. It's basically like a delicious vegetable and rice and cheese stir fry. Um, and it's really yummy and they make it on your table and it's a really fun thing to do. But chicken is a big part of that. So um, trying to avoid the chicken and figuring out how to handle that. Or even um, this other dish called shabu 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 which is so great it's like a hot pot and you make your own you boil your own vegetables on your table and then make these delicious spring rolls like fresh spring rolls with the vegetables and sauces and everything but of course there's no vegetarian option I mean you just have to order the meat and then like your friends have to eat it um and you (laughs) and you just like have all the vegetables that you put in your own one but they don't understand when you're like can I just pay for just a veggie one they don't know what that concept is. Um, yeah, at you all. were saying that Korea is like a one of the toughest places to be vegetarian in. Yeah, gosh, let alone vegan. When I came to Korea, I was still. I know that we did last um, last winter. We did the episode about um, transitioning to being a vegan, and I did the thirty days to vegan challenge. And I actually, we didn't talk about it on the show, but I actually went further. Um, I think I did maybe three months total or something like that. Um, but when I came to Korea, it all went out the window. Um, because being a vegetarian is hard enough. Uh, Korean food is full of vegetables. A lot of the time there's vegetables everywhere, but there's also meat everywhere, even in things that you would be like, what? Why? <laughs> that doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Um, and eggs. Every single dish has an egg on it, um, which obviously is easily removed, but they're not very good at vegetarian options in food. Um, there are some dishes that you can pretty reliably get, but like last night, so my friends wanted to go to a barbecue place, which is fine. Um, they usually have stews and other things that you can order. And I ordered like a, it's a kimchi stew and I just said to be safe I was like no meat just to be safe but I, usually it doesn't have meat in it or so I thought and he's like oh gogi gogi anio oh, nee, nee, nee. Um, and just saying basically okay yeah no no meat whatever great good so he brings it to me I'm eating it and he comes back over and he's like meat is okay I was like, no, <laughs> we had this, we had this whole discussion, dude. Like we talked about this for like five minutes. It's always a big thing. So no, it's not. And he's like, oh, oh, oh and like takes it away from me. And I'm like, oh, great. Like, <laughs> so what I was eating was definitely like the meat version. I like, I don't, I didn't 
eat any chunks that I was like, oh, that's meat-like, um, which is fine. I mean, it's all fine. I've had to, I guess the point is I've just had to get a little bit more relaxed, relaxed about, about it. it. Um, because so many things, I mean, so many things in Korea are sort of outside of your control anyway, especially with the language barrier. It can be really hard to get your point across, um, as that anecdote illustrates, even if we had a very, what felt like a very clear conversation, um, it still was not, <laughs> it still was not understood. So I've had to get a little bit more laid back than even I would be comfortable with, like when we go for a duck albi and I just eat around the chicken or like, and we don't do that very often, but I've done that before and um, things that I probably wouldn't be comfortable doing at home, but I've kind of had to adjust to mm-hmm. a little bit more. Um, yeah. And the, and honestly, when I first came, I'll be really honest, I didn't know how to feed myself as a vegan here. Not that I was only relying on like vegan you know, fake meat and fake cheese. It's not like I was only doing that at home, but um, coming to a new culture where I had to figure out everything and set myself up from scratch, um, I think it was easier for me to fall back on things that I knew how to make, Mm -hmm. like scrambled eggs and, um, you know, pad thai or whatever, and just making things that were easier and being able to go out for bibimbap and not have to worry that there's an egg on it. so I'll be honest, it was just easier for me to to eat vegan at home when I had mm-hmm. access to vegan convenience foods if I needed them. I had access to a full kitchen and pantry and canned beans, which are not a thing here. Like, you have to make all your beans from scratch. Like, it, anyway, they're all excuses, I realize. Um, but that's just maybe the context for why I've... I've sort of gone back to being a vegetarian only. Mm-hmm. So then I'm going to ask like the difficult follow-up question to that, which is when you're back home, do you plan on giving vegan another go? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm ready to be full one way or the other. When I first transitioned over and we did the episode on it, I was like, yeah, this is something that I definitely believe in, and I still do. Um, it's not like I've changed my views entirely. And I hate to s- admit that the lifestyle factors <clears throat> are, are, how can I put this, that I'm allowing like the uh, lifestyle factors to trump my values in this situation, kind of. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm a person that has a life, and... Uh, if it's, it was really challenging here at first and often, I, like, I don't know how I would do it, to be honest, to be a vegan in Korea. I don't, I don't think mm-hmm. I could do it. I would never be able to go out to eat, um, which I mean, maybe is fine, but, um, it just, it wouldn't work out here when I go home. Yeah. I definitely want to, I, I want to eat more vegan food. I don't know if I'm going to be full one way or the other. That is still to be decided. Mm-hmm. And especially when I'm going traveling in a couple months, like, I don't, it's so funny because I'm like not willing to, I'm not willing to bend my values so much that I uh, eat the meat that is like traditional in a culture. But I also don't want to stop myself from eating like the culture's traditional food 
if I have to worry about their using butter or eggs or something like that, which I know is some people's argument for eating meat when they're traveling as well, but I'm not ready to go that far. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've been, you've been pretty steadfast to that since high school as well. Yeah. yeah. Is your vegetarianism. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't, I, I, it just doesn't interest me anymore to, to eat any, any meat, but, um, yeah, I don't know. So what do you, I don't know. What do you think about that? I don't know. I'm like so happy that like, thank you for sharing. <laughs> it's like, no, I, I know it's, um, it would be difficult to do like a whole, like, all right, here's my transition to vegan episode. And, and then come back and be like, no, I haven't, I haven't been vegan lately. <laughs> but, um, but every, everything you described, like, I, I understand, I understand those social pressures entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's one of those things, you know, like we said, it's such a personal thing. It's, it can be Mm -hmm. really, it can be really hard to figure out what you believe and how you're going to live out those beliefs. I feel like food is one of those chances in our lives where we get to just make choices based on our values every single day, as opposed Mm -hmm. to some other things where we might like donate money sometimes. Um, and not that I think that like veganism is the, the most important cause that our world has to offer like there's so many important things to be focusing on but it is a place that we can start for sure um so yeah I don't know it's it doesn't bother me right now but I think that it's something that I will pursue more when I go home for sure all right all right do you have another question for me um maybe oh (laughs) we were gonna talk to your bf yeah my BF. We'll I can what, call him in. See what he has to say. Um, he's he's a vegan also. So Laura and the BF, they have a vegan hey, Mike. house. Yeah. You want to come in? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get him on the show. The very first episode that's had the BF on it. I'm actually just like happy to have him on the show because it means that he doesn't have to just be sitting quietly in our apartment while we record. <laughs> we have a, a joke, a running joke now, um, where... We're going to start, like, a podcast relationship anonymous group. Um, and all the podcast boyfriends and girlfriends have to just sit in a corner silently whenever the <laughs> podcast is being recorded. Um, <laughs> poor Mike. Hey, Mike is here. He's hey, gonna, Steph. Welcome he's to the show. On. Thank you. It's your first time on. It's so exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Laura, you had been mentioning something about the men versus meat conundrum. I don't know if that's something that Mike is going to relate to, but do you want to share that with the the listeners? Yeah. So perhaps this is entirely my own perception of, um, what it's like to be a man, but I always just, (laughs) (laughs) but I always just assume that there was more pressure on men to eat meat. Like eating meat is equated or equated (laughs) is, uh, is often like related to, uh, to manliness. Um, and even, I mean, even from like a female perspective, it's like you get to be one of the guys if you if you eat if you can keep up with like eating steaks and stuff. Or like in families, know. it's always the dad who would who would be less understanding of it. I mean, in my family as well, you know, or my grandfather, rather than an aunt, I'm like, oh hey, I'm a vegetarian. She's like, oh sweet, but my grandfather's like, what do you mean you're a vegetarian? <laughs> What does that mean? You know, like, I just feel like it culturally also, maybe not like a, 
pressure necessarily? Anyway, why don't we let the guy speak to it? <laughs> yeah, this is a super long-winded <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so okay. it's, I, I can only kind of guess at it too. My, I, I think that there is a distinction between, uh, I guess, guys and girls in terms of the pressures to eat meat. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd say that they're similar so far as like one of the things that I'm very like aware of is when I went vegan was like my weight and that was to basically not lose weight Mm. um and I'm almost pound for pound the exact same weight that I was before but I know that other people would you know look to that as one you know glaring indicator of like oh look he's dropped 10 pounds it's not healthy you can't do it I'm just gonna keep eating meat and not change anything um so that was one thing that I was very aware of and I do think like growing up uh, I mean, I even felt it like there's lots of times where I would, like, you know, almost get some pride out of eating a lot of food. And I still eat a lot of food, but in, <laughs> in the past it just happened to be, you know, animal-based foods. Right. Um, and then there is some kind of like, you know, macho element to it. I don't yeah. know where that comes from. And I don't know if it's actually rooted in like it being meat or if it's just, you know, some kind of bravado you know (laughs) image that somebody tries to put on and they could do that sort of any setting um but i would imagine that a lot of the similar pressures in terms of you know health to somebody i've seen um people look to vegans and be like oh she's anorexic and stuff like that so um you know there's a lot of stuff out there it's kind of hard to say what's what um but that's sort of one thing that i'm conscious of is and is i guess like weight um and also having, you know, grown up an athlete, like I look to that a lot to see like, okay, what's my performance versus what I was, you know, when I was eating meat and stuff like that. And, but I don't really know at the end of the day what other people look at. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard to say like what I put on myself and what other people are like actually judging me for. But um, that's sort of my, my input was there's a few things that I'm very conscious of. I can't really tell if that would be the same of what other people would think or other people would feel going vegan or not. I still remember having a conversation in first year uh, with a guy who clearly is just uninformed, but having this whole thing with him and where I'm saying he was an athlete and he's like, there's just, you can't on that diet. You just can't perform uh, on a vegan diet. I mean, to the level. And I'm going, no, there are like tons of vegan athletes, like male vegan athletes who are great. And he's laughing in my face. And just like oh you're hilarious that's really funny Um, and I know something that Mike that you said before we started recording was really interesting to me you just sort of said it in passing but it really does all come back to the crowd that you run in and the people you surround yourself with so have you felt like the people that in your life they understand and that you don't feel that kind of pressure from I mean, not that you would succumb to the pressure. Um, even in but... that, like, you've taken the world population reduced to just people I interact with all the time. But even <laughs> then, it depends on what setting I'm in. Oh, yeah. Uh, for instance, I went to a Super Bowl party, um, what was that, like a week ago. And you can bet, like, you know, there's wings out there. All, all the guys seem to get way more excited than they usually would <laughs> over eating meat. It almost seems like they're putting it on as, like, part of the show of what right. a Super Bowl party should be. Um so yeah, even in that setting, it depends. But I think that people do become more aware of it. Um, I wouldn't say that, you know, it's a comfortable setting or that people now are just like in tune with it. It's still <laughs> a bit of like, you know, an elephant in the room. Um, but there's definitely like improvement over time with how people relate to it and stuff like that. 
Yeah, that's good. But I guess one other guy thing, it's really strange, um, <laughs> but we can dive right into it, is I almost feel sometimes when I'm getting in conversations with people that there's like sparring. It's almost yeah. like, I don't know, it's it's really hard to try to describe. And that's another one challenge is like, you can't ever see that through. Um, and it's also, you don't want to come off as like the overly serious vegan all the time. But at the same time, there's a lot of people who, who are very opinionated on things and like you want to have that, you want to challenge those conversations and, and get conversations going and stuff like that right um and it's kind of hard to to navigate that I think that people sort of expect almost more confrontation from a, a guy who's vegan mm. maybe because it's just less popular and like oh why are you doing it like guys aren't supposed to do that this would be like the more feminine thing to do and like they can associate more like compassion stuff with women but it almost seems like strange with guys for some reason so it's like oh this is just different and then you know they put up like a shield right away or they you know just i don't know they're not very accepting of it and that's a generalization obviously mm. um and it also could be sort of something that i'm projecting to some degree it depends <laughs> sort of person to person totally. um but yeah so that's my two cents yeah so some of my, um, I mean, I was going to say some of my like personal like inspiration uh, comes from a lot of male athletes. I'm wondering if there are any, like if, the, if we have any male vegan listeners today, like do you have any male um, people that you look to for inspiration? Probably not as many as I should. There's definitely um, <laughs> some people out there who I really admire. Brendan Brazier would be one. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm probably not as in tune with, you know, what they're doing and how they do things as I should be. I think I could get a lot from them. Um, but for me, I don't know, I've kind of almost seen going vegan as sort of a almost like a personal challenge. And I haven't tapped into those resources as much as I could. And I would encourage other people to do that more so right out of the gates, you know, find those people, um, those leaders in you know, you want to call it a vegan movement or whatever, or just like people you can aspire to who are like really doing it right. Um, And yeah, look to them for sort of guidance on how to do things. That'd be good. Um, And that's something that I intend going forward to do a little bit more of and stop Mm -hmm. putting it all on myself to, you know, kind of reinvent the wheel because there's a lot of people doing it. Yeah, definitely. I think that there's a lot of amazing resources, especially these days. I really feel like since I went vegetarian, and maybe this is just because I pay attention more, but um, since I went vegetarian, since I explored veganism, it just seems like there's so much more of a cultural awareness of it and so many more resources available and so many more inspiring people who are just casually being vegan. I mean, look at Beyonce and Jay-Z and what they're doing now and all of that. So I feel like there's just more... um, it's becoming more accepted. So maybe the sparring, which I totally understand what you're talking about, will diminish. Probably not anytime mm-hmm. very soon. But um, yeah, I don't know. Do you guys feel that way as well, that it's probably coming into more of a zeitgeist? Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely something that gets... Um, and, and maybe it's... It, for me, it's only been two and a half years uh, since going vegan. Uh, maybe like three and a half, four years since cutting out meat. Um, but yeah, so it hasn't, it hasn't been that as long for me as it has been for you, Steph. Um, but it's definitely getting easier and whether that's, I am better at like putting like my values down and like 
being very clear with people about where my limits are and stuff or maybe that's uh I mean Toronto is such an easy city to um to have any sort of diet and there's something for everybody in Toronto and and the restaurants in particular are so open to catering to whatever dietary restrictions you have um so yeah I find it I would say it's gotten easier and I don't know how much of that comes from me and how much of it comes from comes from like society and as a whole I think part of it's also is managing your expectations as well as like Mm. you know knowing what you want to get out of a certain situation sometimes it's just not worth it to go into things like you might get an offhand comment that's really ignorant and you have to think to yourself like is this really something I want to go through right now Um, and sometimes maybe it is a good opportunity to educate someone Um, and other times it might be you know just an opportunity for you to get really burned out and you know Mm -hmm. get upset about a situation that you could have you know, just as well not been involved with and you could, you know, I think apply that sort of positive energy in a better way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I definitely <laughs> think that you have to pick your battle sometimes. And I don't know, Laura, I think maybe they mentioned this on the Dear Sugar Radio podcast, but sometimes like not every moment is a teaching moment. Like just like what you're saying, like you don't have to take every opportunity to be like, guys, listen, 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 listen. Let me explain. I had a, I had a funny experience with that um, Christmas shopping where I was in a store and I was like asking this guy for recommendations and he recommended something to me and I was like oh I actually I can't buy that um I don't buy wool and he looked at me and he was like well do you buy cotton and because I I had told him I'm like I'm vegan I, I don't buy wool and he was like do you buy cotton and ended up like not turning it into a teaching moment and the rest of the day I was just like <laughs> cotton is a plant like <laughs> Like it was like it was almost more upsetting to me that do I you hadn't think, said that. But do you think the... he's saying that because like there's human factors involved in cotton? Like I'm sure he wasn't like cotton because just cotton yeah, because... plant, <laughs> but probably because um, like people picking cotton. Or... It's totally possible. I just didn't want to get into it. With him. <laughs> anyway, yeah, no, it's a good example of like, um, yeah, I think definitely um, there's some people also. I feel like it's recognizing who you're gonna have some who you can do the push-pull with and who's just going to put the wall down, you know? Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I think another really important piece of this is... Sorry, I'm kind of loud. Um, No! (laughs) Getting too excited. Um, Another really important piece that I think we should bring back into this is finding common ground with people. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I really don't think, you know, your average conversation with somebody when you go vegan should be you sparring with somebody. I didn't want to give that um, vibe to it. A lot of it's what you make of it. Um, and you can, you know, to some degree run your own race. I think that's really important with, you know, the carve out, like I said earlier, of like look to people who you can aspire to. Um, but also to give like an example to that, um, like this weekend I went, um, up to my cottage with some friends and I brought like a, I made a vegan dinner for the first night and that was me sort of, you know, encouraging the vegan side of things and in the morning they're eating like sausages and stuff and that is something that you know I'm very against but that wasn't a time for me to make a scene about it and whatnot and it just like I had to think to myself how do I want to react to this scenario I could you know be confrontational get mad at them for eating sausages or I can think this is you know not the time for that I've I'm still working towards you know my values and stuff like that I brought the vegan meal and they know where I stand on these things and I'm just gonna let that be that for now and they ate what you made exactly yeah Yeah, which is huge yeah and maybe it's also about it sounds like you are recognizing that people 
sometimes just are where they are and like who knows what their journey is going to look like if you're having a great positive yeah, influence yeah that is, on them. that's part of it that's a part that I'm like not great at I think that you know I, I when I transitioned vegan it was like this is what needs to happen and I you know yeah was um I guess my vision of where food was at um was very different than than what I learned and so I tried to <laughs> um yeah I tried to sort of really correct that really fast and so I don't know if that ended up working out for me um but I had to in the end just yeah like I said adjust my expectations and how I go about speaking to people and stuff like that yeah because it sounds like I mean or I believe that like and I'm sure you guys believe this too I think that for this sort of movement um more good can be done by just sort of setting an example than trying to show people that they're wrong and to kind of be more inclusive and to be like, hey guys, look at this delicious dinner I made. And they're like, yo, this is actually like really good. Um, and they're like, I'm still not ready to give up my breakfast sausages, but you know, I never knew that it could be good like this. So, hey, maybe I'll try it, you know? And then you get people moving towards that side rather than having to be like yes or no all the time. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I feel like, okay, and at the risk of putting myself on the spot, because I don't even know <laughs> my answer to this question, I feel like we need to do, like, some roundtable questions. Okay. Like, so starting off with, um, like, what is, like, your specialty? Like, what do you like making? Um, like maybe vegan not, food? Like, yeah. Or, I mean, even for you, uh, Steph, even if it's vegetarian. Uh I really like to make um, like bibimbap. Like back home, I would make these rice bowls um, with sweet potato and broccoli and rice and gochujang, which is the spicy chili paste. And they're such crowd pleasers. And that's such a great one for even if people aren't vegan, you can have like an egg and you can be like, okay, guys, if you want the egg, here's the egg. But everyone else just take all the vegetables and load it up with tofu and all these things. And Everyone thinks they're delicious. <laughs> Everyone, mm. like I've never, my sisters who are notoriously picky and not vegetarian, um, obsessed with them. So I love doing that. What about nice. you? Um, for me, it would have to be uh, vegan mac and cheese that I've made. Ooh. And it's from Oshi Glows. Um, yeah. I've kind of mixed her, she has two recipes. I mixed them kind of together. Yeah. Um, and also took some tips from Doug McNish, who's a vegan chef in Toronto. Um, and yeah, so I made that for Christmas and my family loved it. And it was the first time, well, I don't cook very often for my family. Um, I was starting to a lot more. And I was looking around the table after people started eating it. I was getting thumbs up everywhere. I was like, what? This happens? <laughs> I've never gotten so many thumbs up at once. So that was really cool. Yeah. That one's an awesome recipe. It's butternut squash based. Ooh. Her cauliflower Alfredo sauce is one of my faves as well. I had that for the first time at your house. Your mom made it for us. <laughs> What about you, Before Laura? Before you left. Uh, mine, I think, is burrito bowls or wraps, even just mm. burrito insides in anything. <laughs> um, I like beans. I like salsa. And I, I find that they're just such an easy thing for either to assemble for yourself or to have, um, if you're in a group, having people assemble their own. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Well, thanks for jumping on, Mike. That was so fun. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah. We'll talk to you in a future episode, I'm sure. Okay, bye. Bye. Um, cool. That was fun. <laughs> I think that he had a lot of cool things to add, so that was awesome. Thanks for inviting him in, Laura. Good podcast, boys. Back to making noises. <laughs>
go sit in the corner and be quiet. Um, <laughs> awesome. Well, did you have any other questions that you wanted to ask me before we go? Ooh. No, I don't think so. I actually, I mean, I don't know what I was nervous about. I really liked this episode. I really liked this episode. I did like a mega share at the beginning and then we were, it was all downhill from there. All uphill from there. What? No, you mean like it was downhill as in like easy. Yeah, from there, yeah. But not downhill as in like crashing and burning. Yeah. There. I actually, are there two separate metaphors for that that are used? Yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah. Because that's, yeah. I never thought about that before, but. They mean opposite <laughs> things. <laughs> if yeah. you say something is uphill, it's hard. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that we did this episode. I feel like we got some, we got the feels out on the table. <laughs> yeah, me too. I can't wait till you're back and I get to take you to all the new uh, vegetarian restaurants oh that are gosh. opening up in Toronto. Gosh, you said that about Toronto and I was like, yeah, no kidding. I get jealous every day about the Toronto vegan restaurants. Like every day I think about that. All right. <laughs> I won't tell you about, too much about them then. Ugh, I'll leave stop. them as a surprise for when you get back. Ugh, forget it. I'm never coming back. I'm coming back. Um, all right. Well, <laughs> it was awesome to talk to you today, Laura. And guys, if you have anything to contribute on this topic, we would love to hear about your journey um, with vegetarianism or veganism or whatever it is that you do um, in the comments on our blog, guineapigandgreen.com or on Facebook. Uh, Instagram or Twitter at Green Guinea Pigs. And as always, you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. You can rate it, share it with your friends. Uh, we love all the love. We love the love. <laughs> we love love. We love love. Love loves love. Okay, love you love. I'll talk to you soon. Love you too, Steph. Bye.